0: Hey everybody and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby, and this is episode 55 of the RV Miles Podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to RVMiles.com/slash podcast. You can also keep up with RV Miles on social media. We are over at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are at OurWanderingFamily.com and we are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube.
0: On today's episode, RV myth-busting.
1: We're like the Jamie and Adam of RVing.
0: (laughs) We're going to take some of the uh, more popular and some less known myths about RVing, about sort of different little things. Like for instance, for instance, Does a flamingo out on your lawn in an RV park mean, how do I put
1: this? That you can drop your keys in a bowl (laughs) when you enter?
0: Yes. Does it mean that?
1: Does it mean that? We're going to talk about it later. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. We're going to actually dance around (laughs) the conversation and not actually say what needs to be said because this is a family podcast.
0: That plus news and more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean.
1: L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they design products that make it easier to take longer walks, have deeper talks, and never worry about the weather. Discover clothing, outerwear, footwear, and gear made for every type of adventure with the outside built right in. Because on the inside, we're all outsiders. You too can be an outsider with L.L. Bean.
0: Make sure to also follow that L.L. Bean be an outsider hashtag if you're, you know, into hashtags.
1: I love hashtags.
0: <laughs> because um, I think it's I, I I'm, there's, there's been some good stuff on there. There has. Yeah. Uh, OK, let's uh, first of all, let's talk about where we are.
1: We are back in OKC, Oklahoma City. We are here visiting some family and actually checking out a few really cool sites that we didn't get to see the last time we were here. If you follow us on any of the Our Wandering family social media channels, you will know that a couple days ago we were at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, which was surprisingly awesome.
0: Really, really well done museum. We will probably have another Oklahoma City episode because we're just learning so much about how cool this town is. Well, this Coming time
1: up. while we're here, too, we're actually working with the Visit OKC Tourism Board, and they have kind of pointed us in a, the direction of a few things they think we should check out and would be really interesting to our listeners as well. So it's been really great to work with them over there because there were a lot of places here that I didn't actually think about. This being the Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum that we went to. And well, how- I've
0: been saying I wanted to go there ever since we first stepped foot in this down, but. Okay. Nobody listened and now I am vindicated.
1: Are you really? I am. Because I didn't even remember that you actually wanted to go there. (laughs) So that's fine. We actually today enjoyed watching my brother and soon to be sister-in-law skydive with Scissors Trail Skydiving in Shawnee, Oklahoma. That was really cool. It was so amazing. I'm very happy to keep my feet on the ground, but it was so thrilling to watch each of them go up in this single engine plane and see it take off and go up and climb, 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 climb. No door on the plane. No door on the plane. And the I want to pl-
0: do it. I'm gonna do it someday.
1: <laughs> you should. I do it. You absolutely shouldn't. I will keep my feet firmly on the ground, cheering you on, <laughs> just like we did today with Maya and Jordan.
0: All right, let's talk about the news. First up, there is a new episode of the Americas National Parks podcast. This one is on a little bit of a frightening topic. It's on what would happen if Mount Rainier were to erupt. And, you know, obviously Mount St. Ellen's erupted uh, a while back and there's all this fear mongering over the Yellowstone super volcano. And what would happen <laughs> if the Yellowstone supervolcano exploded, but volcanologists, and if there isn't a better job title than volcanologists, so
1: cool. live long and prosper. Uh,
0: Say that that uh, Mount Rainier, just outside of Seattle, and partially because it's just outside of Seattle, is really the big danger for a natural disaster Are in you the Pacific saying Northwest.
1: They're the modern day Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say I
0: don't I don't I wouldn't say it's quite that bad, but it it's really it was really eye opening to sort of figure um, all this stuff out and and learn about what uh, what could happen. And I want to thank Chris from the America's National Parks Facebook group for for opening my eyes to this and giving me the idea for this episode. You can join us over there at the America's National Parks Facebook group as well. We also have another group that we want to mention to you uh, because we don't do enough. We
1: We don't have enough things on our plate, but this one's a really great group, just like America's National Parks. So it's
0: worth it. We actually rolled this out quite a while ago and uh did no promotion of it or anything like that and are just just now being like now people just keep finding it randomly this is it's the RV Miles Facebook group it's called RV Miles the RV Travel Forum and uh if you want to have more conversations about what we talk about on the show or just general RV conversations without being in one of those big groups of 50,000 people where it gets a little wild come over to the RV miles Facebook group and, and we'll take care of you and we can answer questions that you have there and things like that. And we've actually brought a few questions from that group onto the show.
1: We have, and I want to just hop, skip and a jump back one second and say that Jason flew solo this week with America's national parks podcast, and that I look forward to coming back next week, but I wanted to thank him for doing that. Cause that is a lot of work to take that on by yourself. And he, did it all. And he did it all beautifully. So thanks, babe, for giving me a week off.
0: Yeah, I actually had to redo it all because the recording was terrible the first time. I
1: know. I heard you when I, (laughs) I heard you when I was upstairs sleeping and playing words with friends on my phone. (laughs) I was like, oh no, he's re-recording it. Uh, Should I go down there? And I was like, no, I shouldn't. You should stay in bed and rest. (laughs) It's
0: one of the things with what we do, travel, having a different recording studio wherever we are, sometimes the sound of the room isn't as good as we think it's going to be and uh Especially if you listen to some of our early episodes, we were experimenting with that quite a bit. We did our outside
1: episode. Remember when we did one outside, we recorded in the
0: car. The car was the best thing we had going for a while. I
1: forgot about the car. Yeah. You had this dream in the beginning of the podcast that we were going to have like the sounds of nature behind us when we were recording. And really all it ended up being was like the screams of children,
0: highway noise, (laughs) highway
1: noise (laughs) and really loud cicadas. Yeah. So we thought, okay, this isn't. This isn't the environment for us. But yeah, back in the old days, back in the early days when we were recording wherever we could go just to figure it out. Now we're a little bit more seasoned, a little bit wiser. But each week we're just somewhere different and we have to figure it out, you know. So if you could see the setup we have going on today, it's pretty ridiculous. I might have to take a picture of it (laughs) because it looks really pretty ridiculous.
0: So join us over at the RV Miles Facebook group in non RV Miles news. This is this the year for people just doing really dumb things around animals?
1: I think it is. It's the (laughs) summer. People are just like they're they're losing their minds. It's like they've never seen an animal before. So there's
0: another sort of viral YouTube video. And this one, this one may be I think I said
1: this might be the worst.
0: I think I said the last week one was the worst. This one is just unbelievable. So this
1: guy heard you say that. And then he looked at someone and was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and did this
0: cap my national park and preserve in Alaska. You may have seen this before. This is the place where you can just go see tons and tons of bears. And there's this really special place on a river where there's this little waterfall where they all sort of fish. And uh, and not too many people get to go experience this place. It's really expensive and difficult to get to. And a gentleman decided to wade out into the river with the bears to take a selfie and splash around in the water.
1: When he puts his hands (laughs) down in the water, like he's going to try and catch salmon for himself. Uh, I, I just, I looked at you and I thought this is, it's really embarrassing to be a human right now. Those bears just must have been looking at him. Like, what are you doing? doing. Well like, the thing is, what is I think this?
0: people look at bears and bison and they think they're big lumbering animals and they kind of look a little bit lazy right, they and they're move, yeah. They don't understand that these things can run like three times faster than any living human.
1: They will come at you like a spider monkey. Okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe not three times, but much <laughs> that guy <faster>. was Chip
1: <laughs> and they were gonna come at him like a spider monkey. <laughs> Like, we showed this to our boys, too. Our, I think Jack, who always just happens to be around, was like looking over our shoulder. And at first he's like, I don't understand what's the big deal. And we had to explain to him, first off, there's fair. You don't see it in the video, but there are signs that say you you cannot cross. You cannot go over into this river. And on top of that, these are massive animals and you are invading in a space where they are trying to feed so they're going to become very protective of that area. And I mean, this he has. Well, first off, he was arrested. So yeah, we should say that so he and, was arrested. And two other
0: people with him, I believe, uh, were arrested and and are facing, you know, some sort of legal action.
1: Yeah, I bet that selfie doesn't look so good anymore. <laughs> right. Like you probably don't put that on your Facebook page now because you're that guy. Your video went viral and not in a good way.
0: Uh, all right. Renegade RV, uh, which is a division of. The Rev Group, I don't know if they say Rev Group or REV Group. I've actually never heard it said out loud. I
1: I, don't um, know. I like Rev. Yeah, so.
0: Rev Group. I'm sure they call it Rev Group. Why would you Please say REV? Us. What a waste of time.
1: <laughs> That's too much work. Right? We don't like to put that much work into the <laughs> English language anymore.
0: But re- that renegade, the renegade division of, of Rev has uh, has announced the introduction of the all-new 2019 Veracruz. And this is kind of a cool Class C RV because you know Class C's are normally on a a van cutaway chassis. Uh, this is on a F five fifty Ford truck chassis, and it's a beast.
1: Yeah, like you were really <laughs> excited about this one. This
0: is the this is the motorhome that you want to get if you want to have your motorhome and pull a horse trailer behind it <laughs> as well. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's really uh, it's really got a heck of a lot of.
1: It has power, power for it. days. Yeah.
0: It's a little samey, samey RV interior inside. Um, but that's okay. I mean,
1: because when a, you're go- a lot of
0: people like that.
1: <laughs> yes, they do. They're clearly <laughs> doing you know, what it's works. It's the browns
0: and tans and wood and
1: yeah, and neutrals, neutrals, yeah. because then you can go in and you can make it your own.
0: Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. You can check that out. Uh, we'll link to an article about all the features of that and some photos in the show notes. And then we have a, a listener question. And this is sort of a follow-up to, uh, I believe this gentleman asked me this question uh, a few months ago. It may be a, a different person as well, but uh, it's a good question anyway. The new Ford Ranger is coming out. They'll be on dealer lots towards the end of the year. And, uh, you know, Rangers were discontinued for a while and Ford is bringing them back this year. And we wrote about it. Uh, earlier on, but there's not a lot of details that have come out yet. And just the other day, they started to announce pricing. They come in at about $24,000 to start and and can get way, way higher than that.
1: That's just base Um, level, like nothing inside the interior. And
0: they're really good. Some of the packages they have with them are really good uh, little off-road packages. I thought the, the new Rangers might be really good for People who want to tow a small RV, if you want to tow, you know, a really short trailer or a little R-Pod or one of those off-road trailers, if you want to get one of those cool off-roading trailers, the Ranger, the new Ranger would be really perfect for that. But the listener question was, is this new Ranger going to be able to be flat towed Mm. behind an RV? Because a lot of people are interested in them for that to be able to pull behind their Class C or their Class A. And, and be able to have They're a school-y. little ranger to haul around town instead of, you know, a little Wrangler or whatever they have. Um, and the answer is we don't know yet. And we probably won't know until later this year, probably, probably at least October, but you can go on Ford's website right now and start configuring one. You're not going to get all the details, but you can start, you know, figuring out the pricing for one if you're really really interested in paying $40,000 for a Ranger truck.
1: I feel like you've actually done this like late at night. You've sat there and played with all the packages and been like, if I get this one, then I want to talk about it. Yeah. That's what I thought.
0: (laughs) That's the news for the week. Before we take a break, one more little
1: segment, the most important part of the news segment at this point now for RV miles.
0: App of the week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that old yet? Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, My app recommendation this week is not a new app. You've all heard about this app. But the reason I'm recommending it is because I forgot about it for quite a while because I hated it for quite a while. (laughs) And now I think it's actually become useful again. It's Groupon.
1: I was actually on Groupon today and scored. I'm just going to throw this out here. It might be different for people in different locations. But Groupon had today a free, free four month subscription to uh, iTunes, Apple iTunes. Oh, nice. So it's only for new subscribers, but new subscribers normally just get three months. Yeah, so you but get an with, extra month. You get an extra month, which, you know, I think is actually kind of cool. It's a third of a year. So if.
0: But the th- I mean, so the thing for me was Groupon stopped being useful when we were stationary. In Chicago, we, it, yeah. it just kind of stopped being as good. The discounts were a lot less. There wasn't a lot of reason to use it.
1: It got tough when they yeah. introduced... Groupon goods, yeah, and it stopped it bec- being it about just became
0: everything. Yeah, you could just get anything on there.
1: You could go down this rabbit hole of Groupon, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you find yourself with a Rachel Ray spatula, and you don't know how you got it, but somehow Groupon <laughs> <laughs> Groupon told you you needed this, so you bought it because it was the discount was just too good to pass up.
0: But for traveling, we have found it really useful when we're in a new town that we don't know very well to pick up the Groupon app we're trying to figure out something fun to do, look for discount water parks, look for a restaurant with, you know, 40% off.
1: Movie tickets, yeah. theater tickets. This is another really great thing too, is if you want to try and see local art while you're in a particular city, Groupon is a great place to go. One of the many resources there's obviously perhaps in that city, something similar to Groupon, which is called like a Today Ticks or a Hot Ticks or yeah. TKTS, you know, which are discount theater ticket entities. But this is another way, like an all in one shop where you can go and you can get tickets to see art performances in that city you're in. I highly recommend that.
0: It's we used it quite a bit when we were in Vegas. And I think some of the more touristy cities are going to be places where you've got A lot of opportunities to use it, but also you know what? When you're out on the road, uh, especially if you're out on the road long term or full time, things like getting a haircut,
1: right? You know, I mean, these
0: Groupon is meant to sort of bring in new customers. Uh, You're only going to end up using it once, but there are just there are so many decent offers there, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what they did, but it it's gotten a little bit better to use. The deals were
1: fairly. They were meh, meh, but they've and also, they've if you get their emails, which I think you have to get their emails. I'm not sure, but recently, like I have an email in the inbox now for fifty percent, a fifty percent off code. A lot of times, there's an extra twenty five percent off if you order, you know, from a restaurant or you know, a Groupon Goods or whatever, and so. In addition to the discount that's already on the site, a lot of times there might be something in your inbox that will give you an additional discount. And so, you know, if you've got a restaurant that's already 40 percent off and then you have a 20, 25 percent off coupon, that's a great deal.
0: All right. That's uh, that's our app of the week. That's our news. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser and we'll have our new myth-busting segment. Be right back. All right, we're back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. I sizzle like bacon. I'm made with an egg. I have plenty of backbone, but not a good leg. I peel layers like an onion, but still remain whole. I can be long like a flagpole, yet I fit in a hole. What am I?
1: The one thing that Abby fears above all (laughs) else—the
0: answer is a snake. Oh man, we're done. Let's just be done with the
1: conversation, please, because I'm going to start getting sweaty palms. And
0: she won't even go into like the reptile house. No, I won't.
1: I won't. I will throw a small child in front, in between me and a python, if I have to.
0: And she has. (laughs) Luckily, there was a giant piece of glass in between the child and the python because it was, you know, in. A cage at a zoo. No. And there was nothing to worry about. But.
1: Please give this some context. That makes me sound like a horrible okay. human being. You want some
0: context? Here's what happened. <laughs> Abby. Uh, so there's like a children's zoo area at Brookfield Zoo. And Abby's sitting on the floor in, in this children's uh, indoor area and leaning up against a glass case with our child. In who, my lap. Who was maybe. It
1: was Jack. I mean, he, he was like like two or three. Yeah, he was like something. little. I was a new mom.
0: Uh, she turned over her shoulder (laughs) and saw a snake.
1: Somebody, you were you, you were like, you should turn around. Look what's behind you. Okay. Okay. You, you (laughs) totally played me. I turned around.
0: She threw our (laughs) child to the side, got up, and ran away.
1: (laughs) The snake was huge and it was pressed up against the glass and I was pressed up against the glass and there was only glass and I separating me and the snake. So all I I had to put Jack in between the snake, the glass and myself. So I did. And then I booked it to the other side of the children's like
0: Henry's sitting on our lap uh, around a campfire and there's a rattlesnake that comes up nearby are you, are you gonna throw him at the rattlesnake like to sacrifice him to protect yourself?
1: Survival of the fittest, Jason. okay. <laughs> it's a jungle out there oh. no, i will I will football hold him, and we will run for the bus together because there will not be a giant piece of glass. I knew there was glass. He couldn't be hurt. He was fine. He was fine. yeah, moving on.
0: You knew there was glass, so you would be fine too.
1: Moving all on. Right, our winny,
0: <laughs> all right, our winner this week is Arnold Wilkinson from Tennessee.
1: Arnold will be getting a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt from the RV Miles swag on Amazon.
0: Uh, all right, let's move into this segment that I am super excited about doing, RV Myth Busting. But first, this segment is sponsored by Boondockers. Welcome. Built by RVers for RVers, Boondockers Welcome offers a unique and inspiring way to travel, connecting you, the RVer, with welcoming local hosts that have overnight RV parking to spare. Boondockers Welcome is built on the spirit that kindness and generosity abound.
1: So you can, for $30 a month, an annual guest subscription pass, you could have access to both Canadian and United States individuals who have a night to share with you and who love the RV lifestyle as much as you do. And best of all, this Boondockers Welcome deal comes with 10% off with coupon code RVMILES. That's all one word. You can get 10% off an annual guest subscription with RVMILES coupon code. Just go to boondockerswelcome.com. You know what I wish before we get this fully started? I wish that we had the announcer who did the myth-busting episodes, the guy with the really great voice who could be like, Jason and Abby are gonna attempt to bust this myth about pennies. Will they be able to do it? That guy, I mean, his voice was just the right amount of like sarcasm or like irony. I just wish he was here right now. But like, he's not. He's not, but he is in my head. And we're That's not fun. we're not
0: ripping off mythbusters because no, we don't want to get sued by them. No. So we're myth busting. <laughs>
1: we're myth busting. Yeah. But I can give a shout out to that voiceover sure. announcer. He was fantastic. He made the show.
0: And so when we say myth, by the way, that doesn't mean just because it's a myth doesn't mean it's something that is untrue. It may be proven. It may not be proven. And we're gonna talk about some of the evidence we have of some of these things and some that we don't have. And and some of them are going to be busted for sure. Some of them are not.
1: For sure. They're They're unique. Some might even call them quirky or quirky, depending on who you are. They're just fun. And some of them will be really hard for me to say out loud without breaking into <laughs> laughter halfway through it.
0: All right. So the very first one, though. This is a big
1: one. Let's just get this one right out. Let's right out of the gate. If
0: you spend any time at all in the RV Facebook groups, uh, you know that you are probably going to get your arm and legs sawed off (laughs) if you buy an RV from Camping World. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Man, do not tell anyone in an RV group that you bought an RV from Camping World. It's totally cool to say that you bought $22 worth of toilet paper at Camping World and got like a four pack and but it is not okay. There was
0: one a couple weeks ago where a, a couple they just posted a photo like we're so excited we to go full timing we was did so it sweet. and it was like they were with their Camping World salesman and they had their sign like Aww. you know we we bought people our so RV mean. at Camping World and people were so mean to them.
1: Listen, so- if these if those individuals happen to be listening, you can come share that really great piece of information over at the RV Miles travel forum group on Facebook and we are not meanies over there. We don't no meanies and we will all celebrate the fact that you just bought an RV and are going out to pursue your dream.
0: So here's the deal about Camping World. All right. I do not deny the fact that a lot of people have probably had some terrible experiences at Camping World.
1: They wouldn't deny it either (laughs) because they had those terrible experiences. Lots
0: of people have. Here's the thing, though. They are the only national brand. They're
1: huge. They're so, huge. How? I mean, you can't put them up against the local RV dealership well, because the, the mass amount of people coming through the Camping World door up against that other dealership. It's like it's like 20 to one. We
0: just don't hear about the other dealerships. So you go on one of these Facebook groups and everybody says don't buy it at Camping World, but they don't say don't buy it this other brand. So in. In your town, you say you have three RV dealerships. One of them's the Camping World. How do you know that those other two dealerships aren't terrible dealerships? You know, aren't really going to be out to get you. And a lot of people have had some positive experiences at Camping World as well. Like that couple
1: that then got just completely (laughs) beaten down.
0: So I guess my point here is that you should be leery of any dealer You know, the dealer is out to get money from you. That's how it goes. And some of them are great. And some of them are shady. And you can go to one dealership and get a shady salesman. And you can go to that same dealership the next day and get somebody who's not so shady.
1: But isn't that. What happens in a lot of industries, it's not exclusive to the RV. I mean, go
0: buy a used car. It's the same thing. uh,
1: Come on, go buy cable. I mean, let's talk about it. It just happens across the board. You have to be a smart consumer. The reason why we put Camping World at the very top of our very first myth busting episode is that they get a lot of hate and some of it is really valid. But you have to understand that they are they're. What people, if you say camping and I want to go buy an RV, a lot of times people are going to um, immediately think about Camping World. They're huge. So, of course, they're going to have situations where things don't go well. Are they the worst of the worst? And you can just expect everything to go wrong if you buy from them. No.
0: Well, here's the other thing. I think Camping World and other dealerships get a lot put on their shoulders because of the quality issues in the yes. RV industry. So you go buy an RV at Camping World and you, and it's, you know, it starts falling apart. That's not Camping World's problem. That's Don't not take their that fault. to Elkhart.
1: <laughs> like, you know, I mean, seriously. if it's
0: used maybe, but if it's a new RV, that is not their fault. Yeah, they're supposed to do a dealer inspection. The only thing that is going to reveal problems is getting out and driving on the road and camping in it.
1: So, I think we need to give RV dealerships I think we need to give them a little yeah. grace. They, they're riding a really fine line between what's happening with the manufacturing of RVs right now. And that's changing. And there's a lot of positives that are happening. And then they're riding the fine line with the consumer who is going to place all of that responsibility of the RV on the dealership's shoulders.
0: We also conflate the service department at a place like Camping World with the dealership department. And they are different things. And service departments around the country are backed up. And again, you can have terrible service at Camping World. You can have great service there. You can have terrible service at
1: something else. I think of it like CarMax a little bit in the sense that we have bought a couple of cars from CarMax. We bought our first car from CarMax and we had a ton of issues with that little Jetta. But it was not the dealership Section of Carmax that was creating these issues. It was the service section, the repair section of Carmax, and that Jetta just kept back in the shop, back in the shop, back in the shop. Did that keep us from returning to Carmax in a different location
0: to buy a car? To buy no. a car?
1: No, it We've didn't. Never we never serviced a car
0: at Carmax. <laughs> again,
1: We've but... never serviced a car at Carmax again. And but honestly, but... in the end, though. Really,
0: that was more of a Volkswagen problem
1: than a CarMax problem. Exactly. But it was just like the perfect storm. But because CarMax CarMax is national, it's not like I hold every single CarMax across this country responsible for that one situation.
0: So, again... Not denying the fact that people have had absolutely horrible experiences at Camping World. They absolutely have. And you should watch out for Camping World, too. There's this big video going around on Facebook with a guy that's got it's sort of like a video podcast, but it's not a podcast. It's like a video thing. And he's sort of uh, he's talking to another dealer, uh, another dealer and going through all the shady things that Camping World does to you. And you'll get that. You go to any dealership, and we've seen this at the RV shows, and they'll, you go to one of the different dealers, they'll be like, you know, don't go over to the, those Camping World guys. They're going to do this, this, and this, and this to you. Well, the, those other dealers seem to be pretty well-versed in knowing all these shady tactics to tell you to be aware of. I, you know, that's the thing. I, it could happen from any dealership. So just be on your toes.
1: Man, we really felt very strongly about this conversation. <laughs> I had said to you, oh, these topics are only going to take like one or two minutes each. Ten minutes later, we're done talking about camping. All right. Tips. Well,
0: here's one that will take one minute. OK. RV toilet paper. Do you need to buy RV toilet paper? No, toilet paper says RV on it. Oh, <laughs>
1: We're done. We just answered it. RV toilet
0: paper can cost like four times as much as regular toilet paper. So a lot of people are, you know, don't want to have to spend that money. The trick is to get toilet paper that breaks down easily in water. So all you got to do is put one sheet of toilet paper in a jar of water, shake it up. If it's mostly dissolved in about 15 seconds, it's good to go. A lot of people use Scots in their RV paper. Which is a one-ply
1: safe for septic.
0: Two ply, two ply. One ply is like, you don't use one ply. <laughs> one ply, nobody uses one ply. <laughs> one, one ply is like.
1: Are you sure? One, one ply, ply is th- like
0: breaks, up, breaks apart in your hand and nobody wants that. But but is okay, o- often enough. people say if it says septic safe, that's that's good to go. But just look at the other brands that people use. There are plenty of other brands that you, just, you can use. You don't have to use RV toilet paper. The big trick is to use plenty of water when you flush. What you're trying to do is keep that toilet paper from turning into paper mache inside your black tank.
1: Or you could just get a compost toilet.
0: We love our compost toilet. We do
1: love our compost toilet.
0: Products like Drano, drain cleaners, will damage your septic system, is the next myth to be discussed.
1: Well, I read some things on the interwebs that was telling me that that is true and that it's going to, completely burn through like your plastic valves and such and such and I read it to you and I said, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't put this on here like these people are saying it happens." And then I watched you walk over to the wall and beat your head <laughs> against it. Well, here's So, the I don't thing. know, Jason, why uh, don't you tell? First of all, drain
0: cleaners are <laughs> terrible for the environment. So, they're best to avoid whenever possible, right? So, if you can do, there are some natural ways you can use vinegar and baking soda and try that. Some people use those, they call them zip strips or like a pipe snake. I want you to be really careful about using those because you have to make absolutely sure that you do not have a HEPFO valve, especially in your shower. A lot of showers have what's called a HEPFO waterless trap. And what this is, is, you know, a trap, just like the P-shaped traps that trap the, the gases underneath your sink and house. You have them in your RV. Well, in an RV, often they'll put these HEPFO valves under the shower because they can lay horizontally, they don't need as much room, and they're waterless, which means if they dry out, like when they're in storage over the winter, the gases won't come back up. So, if you have one of these HEPFO valves and you use a pipe snake, it will rip it to shreds. So, you want to be make, make sure that you don't have that. If, as a last resort, you have to use a product like Drano. No, it is not going to damage any of the plastic plumbing. It comes in a plastic bottle and it doesn't damage the plastic bottle. So it's going to be fine. People will say that it will damage your rubber seals. And it's true that Drano can be bad for things like rubber. uh, But that's only if they're like soaked in Drano. So if you have to use something like Drano and then you flush, then you drain your tanks right afterwards. No problem. Run some water through it. You'll be fine. Uh, so as a as a last resort, that's fine. But often drain drain clogs can be solved simply by opening the drain up, looking for the hair, <laughs> reaching Ew. in and grabbing it. Ew. yeah. I'm the one that does that. Yeah, house.
1: that's your job. All right. I don't do that. Ew.
0: Next. This one is a wild one. <laughs> there is a lot of
1: we can't <laughs> we could have gone down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos on this. We chose not to. We cannot say for certain that this does or does not work, but it is an incredibly unique suggestion for RVers. So the
0: idea is that, and this, I suppose, works not for RVers as well. You hang a plastic bag full of water, (laughs) clear plastic bag, and put some pennies in it.
1: How many pennies? I need to know. Well, I saw one video that
0: used one penny. I saw another (sighs) video that used just Apparently, a lot of people all over the world just use plastic bags of water with no pennies. Okay, I've so. seen one with ten pennies, and that is supposed to keep the flies away. Now, does I, it
1: keep them away, I, I, or does it does it bring them to the bag and then they drown? Well, in the, the water? theory
0: there are lots of theories. No, 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 they don't drown in the water. This is not a trap, right? So this is just a plastic bag full of water with pennies in it, and that's supposed to keep them away. So it sounds absolutely <laughs> bonkers. It makes absolutely no sense. However, so many people swear by it.
1: But nobody can tell me what the combination of the copper penny and the water and the <laughs> well, plastic bag hanging in the sky <laughs> keeps the flies there are a couple of
0: theories like one of the theories is sort of reflection and there's some sort of something to do with reflection another theory is that it looks a little bit like a bees nest and that flies don't want to be near bees which has not been my experience anyway but maybe that's possible MythBusters, the show actually did test this but they didn't do the pennies they just did the bags of water they busted it they found that it did not work but they didn't put the pennies in
1: They didn't do the secret ingredient. So we have found
0: more evidence that it does not work than any evidence that it does. You know, just because you hang a bag of water with pennies in it and no flies come around doesn't mean it worked.
1: Look, I guess if you're up in like the northern part of the country, hey, you're headed up to Voyagers (laughs) in June, July. I
0: understand the desperation to want to do absolutely anything that you possibly can. I will
1: hang bags of water and pennies (laughs) off my entire body. That's fine. I mean, (laughs) let's talk about it. I just can't imagine. I don't know. The flies, It's they get really annoying in the Midwest in August. It's just like all of a sudden, I don't know. There's just flies everywhere. I still don't know <laughs> if I could be like, hey, Bob and Sue, you know, walking by my campsite. Don't mind me and my bags of <laughs> pennies and water.
0: Hey, just, I I, we would like to know more. About whether it has worked for you. If, if it you've has done, worked for yes, you, please let us know. Cause please,
1: because I really, I am very, very intrigued by this. And I would really like to know what it is about the combination of the pennies and the water.
0: So this is one that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but we don't have any evidence that it doesn't work so
1: and the next one there you go. the next one coming down the list is the exact same scenario along the pest sw- control yeah, they, <laughs> theme we get really creative with solutions for pest control people swear by this and i bet some people listening are about to shout out the answer it's a two-for-one it's a two-for-one on how you keep mice out of your camper and people swear by it Bars of Irish spring soap and dry cleaners. Put them around your can. Dryer cam- sheets. Or, I'm sorry, dryer sheets. That just wasn't as dramatic because I screwed it up. I mean, I guess if you hired a dry cleaner and like <laughs> had him or her or them come hang out at your house and swat away mice, that might work.
0: So now it. some people just use dryer sheets. Some people use the Irish spring soap. Some people shave the Irish spring soap. But it clearly must be. Irish spring soap.
1: It smells. If it is it's not Irish smell. spring. It, 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 it.
0: So ain't if nobody you got time go, for ivory. If you do a Google search of the Irish spring soap trick, you will also find many different photos of people's Irish spring soap, which has been eaten by mice <laughs> that have been attracted to it.
1: That's so amazing. They're like, tried the Irish spring soap, gave a little meal to the mice, and it was like a quarter of a bar is just gone. So now I guess, I guess
0: one point to make is that maybe not all mice are the same. So maybe some mice like it and maybe some mice hate it. We don't know.
1: Yeah, equal opportunity. Regardless,
0: but- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, that um, it, it doesn't sound like it's very plausible that the Irish spring soap does a whole lot. Now the dryer sheets though, we don't really have much for or against and we do know that mice are detracted by certain scents, particularly peppermint oil. Yes, It's definitely been proven uh, by pest control people to work. So there's, there is a good reason that things like the soap or the dryer sheets, which have a strong scent, might deter mice. It but, would have
1: to be a scent that they are yeah, not attracted to.
0: But we do highly recommend that you do peppermint oil if you can if you can stomach the smell of it, it's, it's one of those things that smells really pleasant for a while. And yeah.
1: Then, and then you, we, when we were in one of our sticks and bricks apartments in Chicago, we had a little mice issue there for a while and they brought us peppermint oil spray and uh, we don't keep peppermint oil around us. Anymore. <laughs> don't bring, don't bring any peppermint candy around me. Cause it's just not a smell. I associate with anything delightful. I will say though uh, like perhaps some mice, I'm one of the very few people who does not like the smell of Irish spring soap. I, and, I can't
0: tell you that I know what it smells like.
1: Uh, I don't like it. And uh, there's a reason why you don't know the smell of it. Cause it's you know, never come into our house.
0: You know what? We we were at your parents' house just recently. Your mother has under the bathroom sink, like a bunch of travel soaps and things like that mm-hmm. for, for guests. She it's has it's, a lot it's of very tra- nice. She
1: really does have so, a lot of travel soaps.
0: But she has, a, she had a bar of, Zest soap in there. Zest. I had not smelled zest in forever, and you know it's got that that shape to it. That yeah, it's got shape like the it. greenish. I often, it was just like I remembered. Mm-hmm. It smells exactly like I brought all that back from like the early nineties when everybody used zesty zest clean. And, you know, we drank Sema. Well, I wasn't old enough to. but you aren't old you know, People drank Sema.
1: <laughs> people drank Sema. We had and our power in suits zest. and our
0: with shoulder pads in them and. Or giant wide ties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The 90s. Good stuff.
0: Irish Spring. Zest. Pert Plus. Suave. Good soaps of the 90s. Okay, that's a good spot to take a break. And when we come back, we've got a few more myths to bust. And we have a new brain teaser for the week.
1: We'll be right back.
0: All right, we're back with more myths to bust. about Busting those
1: myths all over the place. This one
0: is one that sends me into a fit of typing a couple paragraphs every time I see it come up in one of the Facebook groups, and I really got to stop that. This is why we've created the RV Miles Facebook group so I can get out of the other ones because people say things that make, make me angry.
1: I know. I'm always suggesting to you that you just walk away. Everyone is allowed their own opinion and their own thoughts. I know it. Oh, and sometimes it's just best to allow people no, those. But, and, that's and I'm totally fine with fine. that. My you, issue
0: is when when people give out blatantly wrong information.
1: Well, yes, and this is a blatantly wrong one. This is this is busted, busted, busted because we've busted it ourselves, and it is the idea that you cannot camp in a national park if you are over thirty feet. Long,
0: yeah, and I've even seen some people say, Oh, you have to be under 25 feet long, uh, and uh, it's just simply not the case. Now, are some of the National Park Service campgrounds smaller and have smaller sites and not so many big sites? Sure, but there's this article going around that purports to have taken the lengths of all of the uh, the campsites in all of the national parks and put them together and, uh, and, and shown you how many sites are of what length. And, and it shows you that you know if you're under 30 foot, you're gonna get into most of these places. The problem with that is is we know several sites, several places on the list, they're just blatantly wrong. He, the, the article lists that the maximum length at Zion National Park is 19 feet. Mm-hmm. And we've parked in at least four sites. At <laughs> we Ohio site national hopped Park for
1: a week there. So we can tell you that <laughs> is not the case.
0: Long. And But the other thing that I think is really important here is that is, is two things. One is that the National Park Service operates many campgrounds that are not in national parks with the capital N and capital P. Uh, there are the national seashores. There are uh, the national rivers or all kinds of places. And we've stayed at a heck of a lot of them with very few problems the other thing I want you to think about is the fact that not as many national parks as you think actually have campgrounds that RVs can park in anyway
1: so yeah, this is I wish that they would change that I, I, I absolutely do <laughs>
0: too all I got but I don't think that there is a reason to buy a super small RV to co- to compromise on what you need for your rv now you might want a small rv and and there's no question that you're going to get more sites in a smaller rv and you're going to be more nimble in a smaller rv and there are places especially like in california where if you're say under 35 foot you might not be allowed in the campground because you just can't make the turns on the roads or things you mean like over
1: that. 35 yes you yes. said under do you mean over though
0: but I don't think, you know, until you get to the 35 foot plus, I don't think you're compromising much. I think it's more important to get the RV that you want uh, because more than likely you're not going to do a whole lot of camping in national parks anyway. Plus, nearly every national park we've been to has private campgrounds right outside of it, has national forest right outside of it. We hear people say that, oh, State parks are really small, too. All the state parks in the country are old. They're really small. And our experience has been just the opposite of that, that there, state parks sites are have huge. massive sites. Some of them, yes, are small. We avoid them. Uh, we are 37 feet and we have rarely, rarely, rarely had to avoid a place because we couldn't find a spot to fit in. The other thing I want to mention, just to quick tidy this up, is that site length, is not necessarily the length of the RV that can fit in the site. So a lot of people avoid places that have say a 30 foot site because their RV is longer, say it's a 35 foot. You need to check to see if your RV can hang over the back of the site. We often park, we've gone as our bus is 37 feet long. We've parked in as short as a 28 foot site, because if that site allows you to back the wheels up to the back of it, the rest of your RV can overhang over the grass behind it as long as there's no trees or other obstructions. So yeah, don't uh,
1: go back enough and like yeah. knocking down <laughs> the forestry behind you in order to park.
0: So just, I, I don't think it it's, I really don't think it is worth it to really compromise unless we're talking about the big, big, you're, you're never going to put a, a 45 foot bus in in a lot of the national parks, but Hey, but
1: if you need that 45 (laughs) foot, you need that sweet class A that is just rolling in style, then I have a feeling you'll be totally cool with going to the private or even state campgrounds that are not too far from these smaller national park campgrounds. All right. And then you can invite me over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next, nitrogen in your tires.
1: I had never heard of this until I saw you put it on the list.
0: Oh, this is a big one. Oh, really?
1: See, honey, I scroll past. scroll past. I just scroll past, baby. Okay,
0: so here's the deal. Some dealers uh, will sell you tires or sell your your RV with your tires already filled with nitrogen. You'll have a green cap on the tires. So you can, same thing is happening with a lot of luxury cars. And, and the theory is that nitrogen in your tires does not heat up as fast and does not expand in the same way as regular air. And a lot of people say air is over 70% nitrogen. It's a giant scam. You're paying for air. And they may be right. I will say it's not totally a scam. There is, it race cars use nitrogen in their tires, for instance, because it's true. It doesn't heat up as much. And that, and that can be maybe a useful thing for, you know,
1: a race car going really, really fast
0: or for a trailer where, you know, we have tire blowout issues all the time, all over the place. And you're trying to do anything you can to keep your tire cooler, the better. The problem with that is if you have nitrogen in your tires, then you have to figure out somewhere to fill those tires if they're low. And I think it is way, 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 way more important to check your tires before any long drive and to air them up on site. I think it's way more important to carry an air compressor with you and use that to air up your tires with regular air instead of risking having a low tire and going to find somewhere to put nitrogen.
1: The damage you could do yeah. driving around just to locate yeah. the thing that you were putting in your tires to keep from damaging yeah, exactly. your and tires. And
0: people say it's a scam because, again, like it, nitrogen is is what air is mostly made out of. But it's not really about that. What it's about is removing the oxygen from your tire. That's what the benefit comes from. But the benefit it, it's really minuscule and is really not that worth it. You really, really ought to be putting your own air in your tires. Next one, does your propane furnace add moisture to the air requiring, you know, constant use of a dehumidifier?
1: i don't think so but well mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so the th-
0: so the thing is all combustion gives off byproducts and one of those pro- byproducts is is water is water vapor so any any combustion is going to give off water vapor so a lot of people think that running your your rv furnace is adding moisture to the air and we've experienced that we use a catalytic heater uh, a lot in the winter um and the catalytic heater is sort of a self-contained unit that that you put inside the RV, and that does give a lot of moisture off. Um, it's actually kind of nice; we kind of like it. It's when so it's, nice when, when we were dry. in the yeah
1: in the Southwest. It's great, <laughs> um,
0: but the propane furnace in any RV is a sealed unit. The gases are all being exhausted to the outside, and the air from the inside of the RV is blowing through and getting heated up the exhaust of that propane is never entering your rv it's very possible that it's even drying out the air in your rv a little bit so yes you still may need a dehumidifier because you have moisture issues and but that moisture guess what most of that moisture is coming from your breath
1: ew isn't that gross (laughs) that's so gross isn't that gross it's so but true, it but, but that's so not mm-hmm. what I want to think about in a small space with other people.
0: <laughs> it You know, you get stuck inside and it's cold out and there's four or five people in there. It gets moist. It's, you know, it's no different than sitting in a car with the, you know, with it with the engine turned off and it's a little cool outside and the windows start to fog up. Oh.
1: <laughs> it,
0: that's what's happening inside your RV. Gross, right?
1: Yeah, I don't even have I don't know how to go anywhere with that except to this last one, which I guess is a a nice lead in. Okay, I, this time is time what I had it. never
0: heard of before, but you brought this to me because I found was out, that, out. It is, that is something that a lot of people are concerned with, too. The, yes. The idea that certain lawn ornaments might mean that you're open to a certain type of communal activity.
1: Yes. And <laughs> I'm like looking at you, waiting to see if you're going to go, how much further you're going to go with that. Yes. And so this applies to what we have been able to learn, not only through groups, but if you Google it and maybe don't Google it, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Don't, don't do what I did. I did it for you. You don't need to do it. Pink flamingos.
0: Yeah. So if you put a pink flamingo out in your,
1: in your, in your campsite your campsite gnomes
0: gnomes which we have a gnome and
1: we have a gnome and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh we have a gnome does everyone in the campsite think that you know we we're not just swinging on the swings at the playground like is this (laughs) you know and painted rocks
0: yeah and so painted rocks are a thing like a lot of new one but this i think it was more about like somebody putting a painted rock on your step, or something, might oh, no. mean something. Anyway, no. listen, you only need to go to a campground in Florida to realize that either A, Floridians really, really, really like to party, or they really just like flamingos. Or
1: they just like flamingos. <laughs> I look, there have been enough people that I have talked to who have heard this. But also at the same time said, I have all I have one of these lawn items and that's not why I bought it. But I keep hearing that's what they're for. And on the flip side is I've actually never heard anyone say, oh, yeah, I bought that because of it. And it's been yeah. working great. And
0: so- does anybody knock on your door if you have a flamingo? Out?
1: So I, I
0: don't know. Or I do going to get more talkative? to <laughs> come over and I hang out at your campfire. Know. I don't know. That's not, that not happened to us with our gnome.
1: They're not here to talk about the bus. <laughs> so I would say if you have these items, continue to enjoy them in the, the decorative way that they were meant. I am, I am busting this. Perhaps there is a small community of individuals that this mean something for maybe? i think this you're... <laughs> is one of
0: those internet rumors that has just like does exploded the,
1: so i keep wanting to i wonder like does the pink flamingo have to be turned a certain way so if the pink flamingo is looking south
0: maybe it's only standing that, on one leg or well, maybe you, it's standing on both legs. right or if
1: it's two flamingos like if you get to their move necks on are crossed. In their necks i'm like you can't see my hand gestures <laughs> but i'm doing them if their necks are crossed and they're they're standing on one leg and they're Both facing northeast, does that mean what everyone on the internet says that it means?
0: Do you know that that's that's a popular way to to prank people? Is similar (laughs) to like teepeeing trees. Is that it's a thing now where people will go and fill your lawn with pink flamingos. Pink flamingos. Yeah,
1: I would. I mean, I'd be cool with that. I think we that's have a, I mean, we must just with our gnome, we just must have a natural repellent because we have three kids. So, you know, <laughs> this could be a total um, childless, you know, sort of thing that happens. And maybe that's why we don't have the inside scoop, because we travel with our kids and a lot of people I've talked to also have children. But I really love my gnome. And I guess I'm just going to have to let everyone continue to to guess which way. Jason and Abby at the campground go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I feel like we just need to say, just do you, you do you and have your pink flamingo or your gnome or your painted rocks and have them mean what they mean for you and your family or you as an individual or you as a couple. And yeah, but this is one of those really wild RV folklore that's out there, blows my mind every time. All right. And on that note, note. let's wrap it up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This week's brain teaser. So I'm looking for a word.
1: I'm going to need a little bit more than that. A
0: five-letter word typed in all capital letters that can be read the same upside down. And so not backwards and forwards. A word that's five letters long that can be read the same upside down as it is right side up
1: a real word a real
0: word we'll have the answer to that another brain teaser and a whole lot more on next week's episode of rv miles
1: we sure will and thank you all so much for joining us as always if you are enjoying the podcast we would greatly appreciate a five-star review wherever you're listening such as apple podcasts or if you just share us around your next campfire with some friends or across your social media It just helps us reach more people, and we so appreciate it. And until next week, though, we wish you all a fantastic week. Thank you, as always, for joining us, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye.